This is Guitar Talk. To me, it just seems like there are endless possibilities. One of the things I like to find out, you know, how people got influenced into playing the guitar because stories are so unique. The trick is not to feel pressure to conform. If you know anything about Joel, he's been around the block. He's probably one of the most sought-after guitar players. How would you create that song? How would you turn that song into your song? There's not a guitar player on this planet that I personally don't follow closer. It's not something that you see too often. I only know a few players that do it. Now, from the home of the blues, Chicago, Illinois, welcome to Guitar Talk with your host, Jimmy Warren. All right, everybody, Jimmy Warren here. Welcome to Guitar Talk on this snowy, I mean blizzard snowy, February 2nd. Just outside of Chicago, man, we've got a storm going on. I bet you there's already a foot of snow on the ground. It's crazy. I haven't seen this kind of snow in a very long time, you know? And you would think Chicago would have snow. Man, we used to, man. I can remember the storms from back in the 70s. Oh, my God, were they big snowstorms. Anyway, uh, it, so it's a, a beautiful, cold, white, snowy day here outside of Chicago, and uh, we've got so much in store. Now, before we get into our guest today, who is Canadian guitarist Ariel Posen, before we get into that, I got a few things I need to tell you about. One is, uh, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, the newsletter will go out today, uh, telling everything that's going on this month, uh, you know, on Guitar Talk. Just go to guitartalkofficial.com and subscribe. Don't cost anything. It's free, and you get to know everything that's going on because there is a lot going on. Speaking of that, starting tonight at 8 p.m. Central, you can go to the Guitar Talk for G- with Jimmy Warren Facebook page, and I will be live at 8 p.m. Central time. Now, what we're doing is we're discussing how to successfully podcast. That's right. We're talking about what it takes in order to create, develop, run, manage, you know, all the good stuff, a successful podcast. It's one of the questions that I get quite often. You know, how hard is it? What do you got to do? How much time does it take? You know, what kind of gear do you need? All that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, we're just going to go ahead and we're going to have an interactive dialogue. You can come on, you can ask questions, you know, uh, we're just going to chew the fat about how to podcast. I'm going to do that every Wednesday at 8 p.m. all through February at the Guitar Talk for Jimmy Warren Facebook page, okay? The other thing that you need to know about that we're launching this month in February, and it starts on Monday, February 7th, and it's going to be every Monday going forward, it's the business of guitar. It's a brand new video series that we're doing. You're only going to be able to get it at Guitar Talk Television, which is on our website. Um, But it's going to be a, a great series, man. I've brought together some of the best Uh, people in the guitar world to talk about various aspects about the business of guitar, how to make money doing, you know, a variety of different things, what it takes, what you got to do to make it happen, you know, what people have had had to go through in order to get where they are, what the, uh, you know, end results are, and so on. I've got guests like Billy Sheenan, uh, Steve Vai, Walter Trout, uh, Carl Verhey, Andy Timmons, 
Alan Hines, Alan Lopresti, and Steve Stein. Now, Steve Stein from Guitar Zoom will be kicking it off next Monday. You might know him from uh, from YouTube, man. He's everywhere. He was one of the very, very first cats uh, creating online content, doing lessons and you know showing people how to do things online. And he has managed to carve out a really great career doing what he loves, which is playing guitar and teaching other people how to play guitar. And so, you know, there's a lot that goes into these various aspects. You don't realize what really goes into creating online content and getting to the place to where Steve is. It's a lot of hard work. And so, you know, Steve's going to share with us what that journey's been like, what he's had to go through, what it takes, and what the results are for him and his family. Okay, so uh, that's the business of guitar starts next Monday. Man, you're going to love that series. So you're going to want to go over to Guitar Talk and uh, TV and make sure that you subscribe. Now, today, my guest is one of my uh, favorite up-and-coming guitarists. I mean, he's been around for a while, but to me, you know, he's just like he hasn't reached uh, his peak yet. You know, he's got a great touch. He's His phrasing is always beautiful. His slide playing is, you know, immaculate. His tone is, you know, always great in that. Um, I haven't found anything that Ariel Posen has done that I haven't liked. You know, when he did a, an album where it was just him in the studio all by himself uh, not that long ago, in everything on that album was done in one take. And if you listen to that album, you're just absolutely blown away by it. You know, at least I am. So I was really excited to be able to have uh, Ariel spend some time with us. So do this. You know, sit down, you know, put your feet up, relax, get a nice cool beverage, and enjoy this conversation with Canadian guitarist Ariel Posen right here with me, Jimmy Warren, on Guitar Talk. Yes. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? And how are you? I'm real good. I uh, yeah. I appreciate this very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I've been following your playing and your music, you know, for for quite some time. And uh, I, I am just thoroughly impressed, you know, with you as a player. And so, uh, you know, my audience has you're one of the most requested people oh really believe it or not yeah awesome so i'm glad you know uh i i was listening to the new album you know mile mile in and uh i i can't i can't think of anything that i've heard in a really long time that is as beautiful or as organic as the album in that oh, thanks man it was, I, I got to know, you know, what is your DNA as a player? I mean, what, I mean, you, uh, I mean, it's effortless, but yet it's, you know, it's not overdone. It's not overproduced. It's not overworked. I mean, what's your mindset behind it? Well, that, but uh, behind that album. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the reason that it worked out the way it did is that I went in to the studio like a year ago, whenever I did that without the intention of making an album, I, you know, it was, it was still pretty COVID lockdowny, 
<laughs> and uh, nothing was going on. And I was thinking, I'm always just kind of thinking about, hey, maybe I can, uh, I can shoot some stuff, or maybe I can uh, put together some, you know, some content, or just because everything was digital. We weren't yeah. doing any shows. We weren't doing anything in in real life. So I was thinking, how can I do more uh, for online? So I had this idea just to go into the studio, uh, bring a videographer, bring a couple guitars, hit record. Uh, you know, like obviously get a get an interesting, cool sound that's inspiring, and uh, you know, think of an idea maybe like four chords and uh, hit record and see what happens. So I did that. And I think because there was no pressure or, you know, deadline or goal of like anything, it was just go and have fun and make, make a video. Uh, I ended up with a bunch of pieces that I thought at least were good enough. There was about 15 I did and 11 ended up being on the record. Um, yeah, and it, it was all improvised. There were two songs, a song called 101 and a song called Mile, uh, sorry, uh, Royal. Those two I had like an A section kind of in my head. I Royal, I had the chords, and 101, I had the head. So I had that kind of in my head. But everything else, I just I uh, came up with it on the fly. I wanted to think of a theme, take it somewhere, go on a little bit of a journey, and then come back to that theme and end it and try not to mess it up. And that was really just the idea behind it. And, um, you know, this past year was heavy in terms of releases. My, It's definitely a record, but it's, it's not like a record how I would normally work on a record. Norm, like my record Headway came out at the beginning of this year. That's my actual record release of the, uh, in my opinion, yeah. you know, I write songs, sing, lyrics, all that stuff. And that was two years of work going into this. This was just, my land was just done in one night, you know, and I sat on it for months and months and months. I didn't even know what I was going to do with it. Um, I was like, maybe I'll just put out, um, put out videos or maybe I'll do this or that. And then it just worked out and it made sense. Hey, you know what? Touring's coming back in the fall. It'd be nice to, to kind of hit the ground running with a little bit of a release of some kind. And so my manager and I decided, it would be cool to do that. And uh, so we did made a little, made a little record out of it. <laughs> so I got, I got to ask you though, the, you, you said that you just went in, you didn't really have an idea. I mean, outside of a couple, you know, small pieces maybe, and you just laid down whatever. Are you going to tell me that, that, you know, when I watch miles in that, that's just one take, you just sat down, you just made that up and that's, that's the take, or did you, you know, as you started fiddling around, you know, have to, you know, go back and say, well, let me try this and, or let me try that. Or was it all just simply one take? Yeah. There's no overdubs or anything like that. It was just one take. Uh, you know, I may have started it once and gone, ah, let me just start that. Let me do that again. I don't like to always start, you know, but there was no, there was no overdubs cause it's just the one guitar. Right. What you see, right. like if you watch the video of any of the songs on online, what you see is the recording. That's just, there's nothing fancy, just sitting down playing it. And, uh, you know, it's very raw and that's kind of what I like about it. It's got character and it's got the, uh, perfect imperfections as I like to call it. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, that's the thing that I loved about it 
is the fact that it is, you know, you could tell that this was something that was really, really organic, really raw, you know, that it's just you, you know, you're vulnerable. It's just you. That's the guitar. You got the video going and it's recording mm-hmm. and that's that. And, uh, you know, and there's a lot of great players in the world that can sit down and, 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 you know, and, uh, you know, and play a song, just improvise and make something really beautiful, but to sit down and, you know, make an album of, of what I think of this quality with the variety between, you know, the acoustic and the slide and everything else all in that one take kind of feel just you playing. I mean, that's man, hats off to you. That's masterful. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad people have responded to it. Um, the idea, well, it came from my, my very first record, How Long. I, uh, I only had seven songs mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I wanted it to be a, like a 10 song record. So I did three little interludes on that record uh, where I, like, I only used about a minute of it. And it, same thing, just like a little piece yeah. I, I had come up with, just solo guitar. And that kind of started it uh, subconsciously. A lot of people would always ask, hey, are, would you do more like that? like those interludes. I like that a lot. And I was like, probably not, you know, I like, I like songs and, and yeah. that's true still, but you know, it just happened. And would would I have done it if there wasn't a pandemic? Maybe not. Yeah. But what it made me realize this time, I'm just like, Hey, you know what, if you have the time and you have the idea and you have something you've always kind of wanted to try, just do it. You might not have the chance to do it later. So right. That was a perfect example of just grabbing that and going for it. Yeah. So now the next question becomes, I know that you start playing according to your website. I mean, I don't know. You might already be doing gigs, but according to your website, you start uh, doing shows in December. Now, you know, when you start doing shows, are you going to go out and just you sit on a stool with a guitar? Or are you going to, you going to, no, have- no, no. I, uh, maybe I, I, if you've seen any, any live footage of me on YouTube, um, I always play with my band. Uh, We're usually as a trio, like me sitting, uh, playing solo by myself is not something I, I regularly do live. Um, I do have two shows in January in St. John's Newfoundland, uh, that I am doing solo, but that's more so just for logistical reasons. Um, but I always prefer to play with the band. You know, there's, we do a lot of singing and, Right, sure. flow and dynamics. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, always. Yeah. No, I understand it. I was just thinking that with the album, the way that it is, or the release, you know, that the way that it is that right. you were incorporating some of that, you know? Yeah. And cool. again, I, that's would, why I, would, I would go see it. <laughs> hey, maybe down the road, we'll do a, I'll do a mile end tour, but uh, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't ever a thought to do. And I don't think of it. It's obviously a record and it's an album, but it's not, it's, it's more of like a side departure of what I normally do it. And it's like, it's a branch off the, the tree. That is me as an artist. It's, it's, it's one piece of it. And that piece of it can still be infused into a regular show. In fact, you know, we started touring again in September. We did, we kind of did like a trial run of a bunch of shows in the Northeast and I found a way to incorporate at least little pieces of the songs, maybe in between my actual songs uh, to the point where people are like, Oh, you played Clawhammer in that, that intro, or you played this song. Thanks for playing that. We love it. It was just like, okay, this can, the worlds can be combined yeah. Yeah. without having it, without it having to be one or the other. And, you know, I, 
I got to give respect to people that actually full-time make instrumental music or, and play unaccompanied because it's, it's almost not fair to put myself in that same com- conversation where I had a little idea and it's all improvised. It's just a journey. It's not an arranged piece. Um, and I have so many friends that do that. They play solo and they play arrangements that they've written. Um, and yeah, I, I do think I could hold my own. I, I think I could do it. But at the same time, it's so improvised and it was so off the cuff. I don't think I could replicate any of those songs exactly the same way. Um, they would just kind of be different every night. It's more of like I've written themes and uh, where they go each time is a mystery. So, yeah. So then, then you become a solo jam band. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Solo jam. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this, Ariel. You know, uh, what do you think are some of the things you know, from your formative days when you were just, you know, uh, getting into, you know, uh, a, a degree of the guitar and learning how to be an artist. And what do you think are some of the things in those formative days that have made you the artist and the player that you are right now? Um, I'll answer first with a very general answer, everything. <laughs> uh, because, you know, the amount of stuff I've learned from playing and just being in it myself, I've learned just as much from observing and watching because I've spent my whole life really being a sideman, being a hired gun. So I've played guitar uh, for many artists, for bands in the studio, on tour, you know, sitting kind of back on the stage, kind of watching how to, Oh, this is how you interact with an audience. Oh, this is how you, you know, you carry yourself with um, stage crew. Oh, this is how you, advance a show. This is how you settle up. This is how you do merch. This is how you be appreciative. This is how you have humility. This is just like all these little things that you'd never really think about. And at the end of the day, I'm just being who I am. I'm being genuine and honest. Um, But it really just, I I mean, it started from the beginning. You know, I have always came from a musical family, been immersed with music, started playing gigs when I was 14 or so. And by the time I was 18, 19, I just threw myself into a situation where I just booked shows for a band of mine. That was a trio. And we'd play three sets a night, almost every night, a lot of covers and stuff. And that was a formative time for me to just figure out how to sing, figure out how to front a band, figure out how to play with others. And I had been playing with others, but I just mean as a trio and really, Mm -hmm. you know, understand the dynamic between ebb and flow and like building a song and like, uh, you know, peaks and valleys and, and just serving songs. So that was super important. And then of course, like I was saying, when I was just as a sideman backing up many bands and artists and like learning how to, you know, not just play something because it sounds cool or it, you know, it's playing what's right for the song, Mm -hmm. serving the song and like knowing that it's not about you and it's not about, being a great guitar player, it's about playing the right thing for the song. And that kind of stuff impacted me greatly because it just um, became a template of how I approach music in general. Mm-hmm. That, that comes with, uh, you know, maturity as a player, wouldn't you say, you know, yeah. uh, going from the mindset of, you know, uh, focusing on just the guitar and just playing the guitar as opposed to, you know, uh, doing what you can in order to make the song the best the song could possibly be. Yeah. I've I've said it a million times. There's a lot of people 
And I definitely at one point was like this younger when I was younger, uh, you know, a lot of people just play their instrument. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's a really good guitar player. Oh yeah. She's a really good piano player. He's a really good drummer. She's a really good bass player, whatever. I'd rather be a good musician than a good guitar player. Um, uh, like the, the tool that we choose to get the music out isn't as important as the, the music that's being made in my opinion. That's how I approach it. Um, so there's a way to just like get lost in an instrument and like be playing an instrument. And that means, you know, playing the things that are satisfying and the things that you, you practice all day because they sound cool or, or they just you know, they satisfy you and they're, they're just really enjoyable to play. There's a difference between that and applying your role in context to a bigger picture. Cause playing with in a band, you know, is you fitting into a big, bigger picture that exists, even if it's your own band, like right. my music and my band. Uh, yeah. It's my songs in my band, but I'm just a piece of the puzzle. Then mm-hmm. I know what I'm supposed to do. My guys know what they're supposed to do. And the roles are all, it's essential for, for it to be mm, not strict, but somewhat categorized so that you just, it becomes cohesive and it becomes, and most importantly, musical when you're, you're, you're doing nothing less, nothing more than what needs to be done. Just the right things. Yeah. And wouldn't you say uh, that, you know, a trio setting, as opposed to being in a full band, you know, with, you know, a variety of instruments and, you know, and, and things going on, you know, really requires something much different, you know, than being in that big band setting. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that or, you know, uh, I, yes I, and no. Yes and I no. I've been part of the trio for, for years, in, you know, and I've played in bands and I've backed people as well. And it seems like, I don't know, it seems like sometimes the musicianship and the communication and the, you know, camaraderie and things like that, you know, have to be a little bit more in tune. Well, yeah, trio is, is so much more stripped down and bare bones and uh, yeah. there's so much more space. And a lot of people are kind of scared by that space. A lot of people don't know what to do with it. They feel like they need to fill it up. And, um, you know, music means the most when there's less of it. And when, when there is that space, because it just adds more impact to everything that's being said. Um, but the way I approach it, uh, as long as the band, you know, if it's a trio or if it's a 10 piece band, if everyone isn't stepping over each other, and that's what I'm talking about is knowing your place and listening so many people are amazing musicians and don't necessarily listen. Um, being aware and like any, any like good musician does this, uh, then it's fine. Like the, the approach is the same. It's still playing these songs, playing with dynamics, playing them with feel, playing them with emotion and just trying to make sure the songs connect. Um, trio just means, okay, Maybe I have a little more work to do to fill up certain spots, but to leave, leave the room as it's meant to be, you know, if we got a keyboard player or another guitar player, same thing applies. Just, I know, okay, this thing that I usually might have to go double duty on in the verses or the choruses, I know that that part's covered. So I don't have to kind of compensate and try to play two parts together. I can just do one thing. So there's those kind of things, which are great, nor neither of them are right or wrong. It's just a matter of, they are what they are once you're doing them. And uh, yeah, I, I, I do trio a lot, you know, again, logistically, 
financially it it makes sense to do trio um but i i really do like the space too uh obviously i'm a guitar player and, and um although my songs and albums and music it's not guitar music uh at all right. the live show is a bit more guitar centric there are more guitar moments and um getting to stretch that out for a couple songs with the guys as trio is a is a musically rewarding experience it, it always feels really good yeah yeah well you know there, there isn't you know well you know, learning the ability to appreciate and understand that space in music as a guitar player you know is is a hard lesson it seems to be for for a lot of players you know because a mm. lot of people feel that you know, I, I, I got to fill this up or I got to do something cool here. or Something's got to happen, but you find it's our instinct to do that. It is. It is. And, and once again, it just takes, you know, I guess you could agree. It just takes time, you know, and in uh, working a lot with a band and being in a setting like that. Work, yeah, work, plan, time. Absolutely. And just and listening back, yeah. documenting yourself and listening and being like, oh, OK, so. That's all that stuff we're doing isn't really necessary. It's, it's still good without all this extra stuff. You know, we, we right. tend to trick ourselves thinking that, you know, we're not doing enough. Right. Or, or well, it sounds like you got an old soul when it comes to playing, you know, the guitar and your approach to music. And I think that's one of the things that I enjoy the most about your music in your playing is the fact that, you know, you're one, you seem to be one of those players that knows what to say, when to say it, and you know, when to not say anything at all. And, uh, and that's, that's not common. I mean, it really is kind of rare in my opinion, you know, uh, but you, but you're somebody that, that seems to understand that and you do it well. Wow. Well, thank you. I'm just like all of us. I'm just trying, <laughs> not trying to do the right thing. <laughs> But in a way that feels natural and honest. So I guess that's, that's what that is. Right. So you're getting ready to go out on tour, you know? Uh, I mean, what's happening with that? Yeah. Like I said, we, we, we've already kind of kickstarted the, the touring side of, <laughs> of, of things back in September. We did a, we did a tour, we did some festivals uh, and yeah, yeah. We're, we're in, we're doing a Canada, big Canada run with a, a great band or artist goes by the name of Bahamas. Uh, also Canadian. We'll be doing that January, February. Then I'm in the UK and Europe in February. And then there's a lot more, which isn't announced yet. Right. But we'll be back in the U S a lot next year. Cool. But wouldn't it be better to be touring uh, Florida or Texas or Southern California in January, December, as opposed to Canada. Yep. <laughs> but that's not always the way that it works out. Unfortunately, no, it's not, it's not. I tell you what, man, I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day, you know, to chat with oh, it's me. It's my pleasure. You know, you're a great player. And I know this is going to make a, a huge section of my audience really happy. We we put out a poll. We got about a million and a half listeners. And I put out a poll a while back, you know, trying to ask people, you know, who would you like to see in our third season? And, uh, you know, I tried to get you last year, but you must have been too busy. 
but uh, your name just kept coming up and coming up and coming up. So uh, good for you. Well, thanks, man. I'm happy, happy to be here. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Good luck with uh, the, the music and the tour. And thank when you. you get, when you get to Chicago, hopefully I'll get an opportunity to check you out. We will definitely be in Chicago again. Uh, I can't quite say it yet because it's not announced, but sooner than later. Ah, that's we'll, give, we'll do a high five in real life. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks a lot, Ariel. Take care, buddy. Right. Take care. Uh, bye. All right. There you go. Uh, Ariel Posen, you know, here on Guitar Talk today. I want to thank Ariel so much for taking time uh, out of his life to spend with us and to share, you know, uh, what he does and what's going on. Uh, you know, I know he had his, his tour was was you know, postponed again, you know, like so many people's was because he was all planned and he was excited because he hadn't played for so long, you know, and then he went out and he did a few dates and then all of a sudden, you know, things went to shit again and it got postponed. But I saw that he just recently posted, you know, the the schedule again. So hopefully, you know, they'll be able to stick to this one. <laughs> And he'll be able to get out there and work. You know, so I want to thank Ariel for participating in this episode. Do yourself a favor. Follow him on social media. Make sure that you have, you know, his music in rotation on whatever you listen to. And, uh, you know, when he gets around to your area, do yourself a favor and go see him. You're, you're not going to regret it. Next week, my guest is Igor Pascal from JTC. Oh, man, this guy can friggin' play. It's going to be great. Till then, you know what? Go to guitartalkofficial.com. I'm Jimmy Warren. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. I will see you Facebook Live tonight and then back here Wednesday. <laughs>